Welcome to the 14th episode of the Animal Riot Podcast, brought to you by Animal Riot Press, a literary press for books that matter. It's your producer, Katie, here, and this episode has been edited to reflect our new name. If you're new to the Animal Riot community, welcome, and you can find out more about us at AnimalRiotPress.com. Now on to the episode with your host, Brian Birnbaum, and today's guest, Dave Wiswell. Here today with Dave Wiswell, host of Pop-Up Interviews on YouTube.com backslash Idiot Presents. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Dave is a comedian from upstate New York who made his bones in San Francisco before moving back here to the city. Tonight's brand of fuckery is brought to you by Rosé and the problems that bring on drinking Rosé. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so we said, we discussed that we, we have an order of operations here. We're going to talk about why you got into comedy first. Give us, yeah. Give I love us that. I love, I love brought to you by Rosé. First of all, I love okay. that. Bro, brought to you by Rosé and not eating dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't add that. That's true. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. But I always wanted to do comedy. I was always drawn to it ever since I remember being like five. And it was like an interesting confluence of like, I loved like Robin Williams, Mork and Mindy. Mm. Did you see his documentary on HBO? I did. Oh, I did. Yeah. God, that was beautiful. That yeah. was really good. There have been so many great comedy documentaries recently. Yeah. It's been really fucking cool. The Gary Shandling one, the one on the Dana Carvey show is unbelievable. I, I got to check these out. It, you should definitely, if you have Hulu, watch the... The, the, the Dana Carvey, don't watch my show. Watch this documentary no, okay. <laughs> on the Dana Look, Carvey yeah, show. Yeah. It's you're, now fucking, you're plugging everyone else except for yourself. It's amazing. Okay, yeah. it has the, <laughs> they discovered both of the most famous Steves in the world, Steve Carell and Steve Colbert. They plucked them out of obscurity. Charlie more, Kaufman. More so than Steve Martin? Oh, that's good. That's you a know? good point. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm reaching for and more And I say Stephen Wright would be the fourth. And then I think... There's a huge drop-off in, in Steve's. Oh, oh Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. But, so uh, so you you started in upstate New York. But before we do that... I started living in upstate New York. You started yeah. li- That's where I began life, was yeah. in upstate New York, yeah. So, so tell us why you got into comedy, because I do think it very much parallels why fiction writers start writing fiction or, you know, creative nonfiction, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty universal for artists. I mean, just, you know, it's... A way to make sense of the world. That's what we were talking about last week. Is it's like it's a way to make sense of the world. Like Judd Apatow put it really well, where he was like, "You see the world, and like everything seems wrong, right? Like who has power? Like who gets the girl? Who gets the money? All this stuff. It all seems like everything is wrong." And comedians seem to have kind of put that into perspective, and you can actually smile and be happy about it. It's like, it's like comedians, like, you know how everyone has that little private conversation where it's like, oh yeah, no one's as happy as they seem. Comedians are like empirical proof of that. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And everyone says that like comedians are fucked up. I can't remember who, somebody had a great observation that it's like, everyone's fucked up. That's why comedy works. Mm -hmm. Like that's why you're relating to that. (laughs) It's because everyone's kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's also the one place where you're actually given positive reinforcement for honesty which there's something that's kind of, you know, every other, something that's very, every other job they fired me, you know, (laughs) for being too honest. But comedy was the one place where that's actually rewarded. Mm -hmm. So it's a very good point. So when I was five, yeah, I always wanted to be a comedian. I saw Stephen Wright. I saw early on. I love those one liners. I love all kinds of jokes. You know, I saw Mm -hmm. the Andy Kaufman movie, Mm -hmm. Man on the Moon. 
I even love like Fozzie the Bear. <laughs> even he was like one of the things for me when I was a little kid that was mm-hmm. like, I want to do that. So you knew very early on you wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember wow. I remember really about five years old thinking about it. I remember mm-hmm. when I was five, my idea was like I was going to dress like a comic book. This was my like shitty five-year-old comedian mind like where an I was actu- like like an actual comic book like a, like in a in a suit made of comic books and okay. I was gonna be like I'm a comic you know and to me at five I was like hey that's a good Halloween I fucking costume. figured it yeah. out you know <laughs> that's good yeah. that's good yeah I was punning it up yeah I remember you know telling my mom that my mom was always cool she always got me she always was into that she got me books on comedy books on comedians which oftentimes like comedians books like uh uh, the drew carey she got me drew carey's book about his life and it's all about like trying to kill himself and like cocaine and hookers my Mm -hmm. mom had no idea this is the host of the drew carey show like who thought i yeah i would have seen that coming i would (laughs) have i would have even though despite whose line is it anyway right i would have seen he's such a friendly jovial guy him and wayne brady are like you know i I really like (laughs) i think he's cool but yeah and then you know it wasn't until i was about 20 that i got drunk enough to actually try it try it yeah mm-hmm. but you said you, i remember when we because you know we we met up last week and mm-hmm. talked and you said that alcohol did not really jive with the process that much well no that the problem was more that it jived really well and my thinking was like oh, was just like, i've got to be go, able to do this without the alcohol I'm go off the rails yeah because yeah you know it's like i'm gonna have to be drunk to get on stage who's the australian i'm thinking of right now i'm Our, assuming jim jeffries jim jeffries he's yeah. a fucking just he just I mean, he's hammed off the bone in like he, every single stand-up he does. He love, does, he does love drinking. I love that he did one bit on gun control and all of a sudden... And now he's like huge. He, I mean, he makes fun of that himself. I know. You well, know? It's, yeah. it's just ironic that yeah. he's like, he made his bones like being the Australian who says cunt. Like that's like <laughs> his thing. And yeah. now he's like this political voice. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I'm not like shitting on him. He's great host yeah. of a show. But uh-huh. it's just funny. Like I remember the first time I saw him when he first got to the States, he was doing this bit about trying to get a, a vibrating egg that he'd gotten stuck in his asshole out with chopsticks. <laughs> and that's his big bit. Like <laughs> This is before the, the this gun is, control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, the gun yeah. control was recent. That was like right before. It was a few, it was a few years ago, I'd say. Like three years ago yeah, maybe. yeah something yeah. like that and yeah. then he came to the states in tw- uh, 2009 i have no like? idea i have uh, no idea some, something like that so yeah so tell us about your show give us a little uh so uh, honestly people should just go see it it's it's kind yeah, of hard to explain please but, go go to youtube but yeah start start at a basic level as if we're all idiots and we don't know what <laughs> chat roulette is and okay. like all that stuff well, it can be found you know? at youtube.com slash idiot presents it's called pop-up interviews and essentially initially it was called the chat roulette interview show and now it's not that's in my theme song now <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh pop-up interviews it's essentially like i set up a talk show set in my living room and i have like a little live audience that sits and watches as i spring a talk show on unsuspecting people online so there are these uh websites that i thought everyone knew about but i guess not everyone knows about chat roulette was really big in Crazy. 2009 I, I, yeah mo- most people don't know about chat roulette you either I've, really know what it is or you never heard i've of known it. about it since i remember yeah. being in college and going to uh i went to university of maryland and uh-huh. i would i would travel up to towson because i had a couple of friends who went there right and towson's kind of like this like you know 
we would just go up there and be like, oh shit, this is a shit show, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's where I learned about chat roulette. That's where I learned about that's chat roulette. That's the fun of it. But essentially, for, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, it's essentially a site that uh, connects you randomly with people for Skype-like conversations. And it's just like you click next and you're just to another person. And a lot of people all show over the dicks. world. There are. And a lot less, of people show less, dicks. It's less than it used to be. That's but, good. And, and it's, and I it, guess, I guess. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> There's a one couple where it's just me, just a man versus penises. It's just me mocking these penises. Because uh-huh. at first, like the audience is like, oh, uh, uh. And by the end of a shoot, because we shoot for three hours and we'll get about nine, ten episodes out of a shoot. It's just like a fun, laid back It's like a marathon. Time. Yeah. yeah, and it's a lot of fun because you just never know what's going to happen. And then just every once in a while, we're just talking to a kid about his parents. It's like, gets serious for a second. And all of a sudden, like, we go, all right, well, thank you. And then it's just a fucking dude with a giant. And they're giant. These guys are on here for they a reason. They need to show someone. It's impressive. Yeah, they need it's to impressive. show someone. Yeah. And by the end, like everyone's like, like it's fun, you know? Like yeah. it's it's That's just a good enough. Time. It's just enough where it's fun. What what do you do when there's a dick that comes up? I've done all kinds of things, you know. Like I, I, we've set do it you up. Com- now. You ever just compliment? We, na- we now have a whole new job. setup. Where, yeah, I've complimented them. I've <laughs> insulted them, and sometimes I'm always very impressed by the guys who can maintain or actually gain some type of erection. Yeah, with absolutely with no my, stimulation. With my ridicule. Yeah. I mean, it's not just stimulation; it's ridicule. Yeah. Like it's I'm anti-stimulation. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've started to try and interview them about their mothers, and I've actually converted one of these into an interview. I did a two-part interview and with that's one the of thing. these guys. So what do you do? Do you blur out the dick, or what do you do? Well, in that circumstance, we didn't actually see his dick. He was trying to solicit me. So sometimes they'll have the camera facing up, and they're just trying to solicit something. Mm-hmm. And so this guy's starting to, he starts off by going, naked, naked, get naked, naked. And then I guess he's not looking, and then I go, hey, you're live on pop-up interviews. And he looks up, he sees what he is, he sees what's happening, He's like, Fuck, and I'm he caught. can't stop laughing. Because we're not seeing his face, we're just seeing like his forehead and like pictures of like his family. But where's his dick then? His dick is, he's, he's like, ready. He's, he's got off the, camera. He's, he's got, off he's camera got the dick ready. Yeah. But he loved the show. It's he couldn't his... stop laughing for like a minute. I explained to him what the show is, and he goes, all right, let's do the interview. So we interview him, I find out that his, like it was a really interesting interview. Uh-huh. Uh, he tells me like his cousin was Andy Kaufman. Which by the end I actually believed, uh, which was very strange. He told me how <laughs> your belief was. He told strange. me about his time in prison. He told me a, a little bit about it. He told me that his wife of 15 years left him for his own, uh, for her own cousin, and then he didn't get into it. But he said essentially like something connected with that is why he went to prison. Where was this individual from? Uh, he, it was somewhere, somewhere I believe in the South. I want to say like the so mid South, but he didn't. Yeah, he was definitely American, but he didn't say. I don't. I don't think he wanted to. So there was one episode where you guys. And, oh, and the, I just want to say one more yeah, thing yeah, about ahead, that. At the end, he had been so forthcoming in the interview that I actually like offered him up. I was like, "Listen, man, if you want to like masturbate to the thought of me, that's totally fine." And he was very excited about it. Mm. Which made me feel kind of good about myself. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, that's. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that this is like a really intellectual show, people. and that yeah. we are. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you would plug on a on a literary podcast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask you about your influences. Probably just like a lot of. Uh, oh, Chaucer, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, I was gonna say Burroughs, you know, naked lunch shit. Yeah. But no, I will say there was one episode that I saw that there was a dude. The camera just goes on him, and he's just rubbing his dick with his gun. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And We've I had was, guys show their And you just really wanted him to stay on. You were like, you're on pop-up interviews. And it's like you could hear the brightness in your voice. And then he's and then he's just like, oh, no, no, no we can't do that. That is the <laughs> it just changed. Thing. That is one of the funny people. things is I get really excited when something – because I'm like, oh, this is good content for my yeah. show. So you hear like my voice get out. I get like really excited. Yeah. Like when that guy told me that, like – and I used it in the promo materials. At one point I cut a teaser where I used it where I just go, your wife left you for her own cousin? And I'm just like <laughs> – I couldn't be more happy about it. <laughs> yeah which oh and, and it's really funny because it's not it's right now it sounds like there's just straight like debauchery but there's actually like it's, families that get on here like I've, one i've, I've had yeah, there was Latin one family. family and just like there, there was yep. one episode where there's this huge family i forget all their names but nine just, like, kids you're asking them you're like oh who's the annoying one who's the cool yeah. one and shit like that you know and they told me which one you know they told me all they'd start dishing the dirt on each other so you get it's just like you never know what's going to happen which is such a great format for a comedian because comedy, I think, is at its best when it's reactive. So I don't have time to like pre-plan or like write a joke and then rewrite it and ruin it. It's just like, you know. And then it's great for editing because I just cut to the laugh. If it gets a laugh, it's in. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't get a laugh, it's out. That's I don't have do to here. like, yeah, go crazy with all that. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we have like, we've had like young, this young Canadian girl who like talked about her first kiss with a boy. Oh, and, I like, saw that one too. Yeah, art. she was super shy. She kept typing. She yep. wouldn't talk to you. Yep. She was just typing. And you were like, come on, just talk. Yep. Like, you know, Lord. and everyone in the background's cheering her on. And, and then we actually yeah. got to the front page of Reddit with a gif from her episode, which oh, is really? great. Because I, I love that. Because that was one where I wasn't sure. I always assume that the most salacious episodes are going to be the ones that are going to get the most clicks. But the fact that, and I was worried about putting that one out because I loved that one. Because uh-huh. we really found out about this person. Like, if there's like, I'd like to try and get that sociological element into the show. Mm-hmm. As much as it's a parody of a show, I'd like it also to be its own you know a kind of serious interview show despite the fact that you're in your boxers yes and well and that's the thing and it's a like, suit and tie yeah, and, a, yeah, and so. a jacket jacket and tie you know, just, you know <laughs> yeah so the uh, the guest <laughs> sees that i'm wearing a suit and tie but the audience at home every once in a while will pull away and you can see that i'm not wearing pants because yeah. i think it's important not to be wearing not pants. to have pants i think yeah. it's important it's not very to important pants. not to wear <laughs> pants sometimes in a professional setting which is talking talking to high school sometimes when there's a kid on the show i'm like oh this is like has a different context all of a sudden just like i wish i had pants yeah uh but i'm turning into my father (laughs) (laughs) speaking of which let's talk about uh yeah let's talk about where you came from because honestly my dad's balls the whole yes that that is true for most of us Mm -hmm. if not all of us my dad's balls were the progenitor we all came from yeah i mean the africa unless unless you know some of us in a petri dish you know let's not we were adopted (laughs) from the petri dish right my dad was actually adopted he was yeah. yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that is? Do you think that's responsible for all of your problems today? I, listen, I think it's part of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, abandonment is the gift that keeps on leaving. Um, mm. So I think that's mm. you know that's a factor. Mm-hmm. Good. Very good. <laughs> I love. The, I want to talk. That's a great interview tactic. You just you just pause and you wait to see yeah. what else is he going to divulge. Yeah, what is he going to say? But yeah. I know that fucking trick, dude. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, but we're gonna we're gonna use all the tricks, and, and one of them is going to work. No, I appreciate it. So yeah, let's. This start. is what I do. I fucking trick people into saying shit they shouldn't admit where, about themselves. <laughs> where should we start? Because we jumped a lo- like all over the place when we were, when we first met up last week. Yeah. But that was the boot. and I don't think we need we don't need to be chronological here. I don't no. I don't write chronological narratives. Well, let's do this like a Tarantino movie. Ex- yeah, let's cut exactly. it out. Or or some uh, Christopher Nolan old school memento shit. Like yeah. maybe we just forget everything. Like I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we um, should get high. You're right. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, where should we start? I mean, because like there's just so much. Let's let's start with you 
getting ready to leave New York State. You're like you're doing okay. comedy already. Okay, no, point, no, no, right? no, 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 no. Not York, until you get to San Francisco. Not until okay. I got to San Francisco. Okay. So I wanted to be a comedian. You know, I, you know, my dad split when I was young. You know, I was a very much of a, a very good kid, sweet people pleaser type, and you know, just something happened. And I guess they say if you don't rebel when you're in your terrible twos, like it happens in high school. Wow. And, you know, just a lot of shit happened. There weren't a lot of adults present in my life. And I went a little bit off the rails. I definitely was, you know, drinking, getting high a lot, cutting class, you know. I'm um, doing all that shit right now, man. I was kicked out of school and I started working construction. You know, I, I had this thought of moving out to San Francisco. A lot of my friends started doing like kind of heavier drugs like mm. you know like crack became mm. part of the picture and you know it felt like a rock and a hard place i could see the end of my life you know like i could see like and i know now every once in a while i think about what the other life would have been if i hadn't moved Left. to san francisco and tried this yeah thing. i totally understand what you're saying i uh when i when i graduated college also yeah i mean you should talk about how not going to college affected you because i think that's kind of cool I think a lot of, I think especially in this day and age, going to college is a thing that is becoming very, very, uh, what's the word for it? Better? <laughs> I, I don't have $100,000 in debt, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's a big thing I find, you know. So what was your thought process when you're leaving New York? You're going to San Francisco. You want to do comedy. You're saying, I'm well, not going to go to college. I Fuck wanna, that, you know. Well, yeah, that was just, Were you, you know, scared? Were you saying, I'm going off the beaten path? Like, was it, or was that all just some convention that you're like, I'm already a comedian. I don't think about this shit, you know? I don't know if it was much like that as like, it was like, I wanted to go. I think I did get scared and I think I almost didn't go. And then that's when I got uh, mono and I almost yes. died of mono. I almost died. I couldn't uh, eat for like two weeks. I couldn't drink for like a week. I literally couldn't get fluids in my throat. The doctor apparently went to my mom. It was like, Yo, tell everybody to, uh, you know, say goodbye. She called, she told me she called my dad and my dad just was like, couldn't be bothered. He was in another state already and he just couldn't even fucking be bothered. Massachusetts. He was up there. Yeah. Or what? Yeah. 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 Mattapoiset. Oof. That just sounds like where alcoholics go to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His wife actually just go died. To, go to be. I didn't hear that from him. But we don't really. Did talk. we, we talk about we that? We don't talk. Last week, uh, maybe, maybe she that died. That might have happened between then and now. She died this last summer. You know, I forget how we found out. Like, I think just every once in a while, someone in my family like Google's to see what's happening. You know, because we just we'll just not know. You know. So and this I'm is like, how broken families function. Exactly. And well, yeah. it's like because every once in a while I'll Google and I'm just like, okay, so when is like that little doubt in my mind that he comes back? When does that fucking end? You know. Mm -hmm. You know, you always think of, yeah, I, th I think you always kind of think about that. Well, I don't know, not everybody, but I always kind of, you know, in some part of your, even though you know it's not healthy, like he was like definitely like a bad, you know, uh, all my memories, most of my memories of him are like memories of like fear. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, he's a difficult person. He takes no responsibility you, and, you know. He, how do you think that affected you uh, going into comedy? Because I think comedy is a, you know, they call it a mature a mature <laughs> defense mechanism, you know? Yeah. I really do think, I mean, because like, you know, I was actually just talking about on the last podcast that we did, kind of about how all of us saw the absurdity in things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we came from a place of sadness in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that allows you to see the absurdity and to make humor out of it, because what else are you going to do? I don't know. What's your take on that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's equal parts like what we were talking about before, like trying to make sense of the world. And also, yeah, I think it's definitely a defense mechanism. I think it's a way of, you know, because people, I have this thing about dark humor that a lot of times people think dark humor is like people like just behaving badly for the sake of it. But I think of it more as like you're kind of processing the world. It's usually the people I know with a dark sense of humor usually are the most sensitive. They're oftentimes really sensitive people. Yes. It's very hard to deal with you know, the world, all these things that we know in the world. So comedy is a way to like face that in a positive way. I think like manure is a great fertilizer is how I think of it. Okay, know? sure. And I think So how did all, you know at five years like old that you wanted to do that? No, oh, because I knew I was sad already. Wow. No, I'm kidding. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Any uh, I was going to say, I didn't know until I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't come to terms with that until like uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I knew before. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I think, what was the question again? Something about sadness. Something about sadness. But yeah, let's let's get back to you going to San Francisco. Let's okay. do that. So yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Uh, you I get got, there and let's. I got mono yeah, and like, I almost died. Yeah. And then I got out of it and I was like, I just got to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. I got to go. So I went. And that's where I started stand-up, started going out to open mics. There was a, a famous one uh, in San Francisco. But the first one I went to, what was it? It was the back of this coffee shop. But the first real one where we used to go regularly, it was one of the bigger open mics in town for uh, comedians, was Thursday nights at the Brainwash, mm -hmm. which was, the Brainwash was a bar slash laundromat slash cafe. Mm. So this where is they where had performance. also, yeah, they also go to DJ here. Like that's like, that yeah, I assume deal. they did yeah. that. I know they did music. I've heard about laundromat DJs, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like yeah. a thing, apparently. It would make you know? sense. I'm sure yeah. they, they had all kinds of stuff there at the Brainwash. I think the Brainwash actually closed down, but that okay. was actually named after Patty Hearst. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interestingly enough. Interesting. And I definitely saw people perform there that were crazier than her. Mm -hmm. I, I saw people, I saw a clown juggle fire out in the street because he didn't take his meds. I've seen, he you know, said that like he was saying, I didn't take my meds, so I'm juggling fire. I mean, you know, not at the time they were, uh -huh. he said that and juggled fire. Like after he, got <laughs> he wasn't like, <laughs> it's part of the act, <laughs> but you know, you know, yeah, just like a lot of, a lot of crazies went through there, but I saw, I saw more than one person pull out a gun. <laughs> it was just a crazy place, hmm. but uh, yeah, and I started uh, stand up out there. I love the form of stand up. I love doing stand up. You were there for like seven years, right? Uh, yeah, I was there for about seven years. Around that, that's where I started doing stand up. You can, if you want to see a clip of me doing stand up there, or just a clip of me doing stand up at the Punchline in San Francisco. If you look up David Wiswell, mm -hmm. uh, stand up set at Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco. Some combination of that you'll find that that's on the channel too youtube.com slash idiot presents where you can find pop-up interviews good job great job <laughs> plugging it <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah and i love stand up and that's where i kind of develop my um my uh, point of view which i think is really helpful to how i you know do my sketches and all that stuff now and then i moved back to new york i remember when i was about to move back to new york i was living in this yeah, like, this is the good stuff like kind right of crawl here. space situation yeah. working a couple of jobs that was shit oh yeah you want to hear about my just first start, three months in new start, york that's you really start, love yeah. that yeah when we're let's, talking. let's go through that so i moved in with or, and i didn't move in but i just moved over here i was staying with my ex-girlfriend for a brief period and uh you know i had to get out of there and then i moved into for like three hundred dollars a month I moved into this place uh, in Brighton Beach, uh, which was like 
just like crack. for three hundred dollars a month, you might as well get murdered. Cracks in the walls. That's I mean, what you're paying it, for. It would have been better. You're, you're, you're been paying better for sel- for assisted suicide. Just like tons of rats and like just like yeah. you know the uh, plague. Uh, uh, yeah, just every kind of bug <laughs> crawling all over the walls. Giant giant bugs. And one night I'm like working uh-huh. late at night on my laptop, and the ceiling just opens and just water just pours all over my shit. And this is after a snowstorm, right? This was yeah, yeah, I, yeah I the huge there. snowstorm. Yeah. I, I moved there. I'm a romantic, so I moved there on New Year's, you know. Uh-huh. And good uh, omens, good omens, resolutions. It was right after not? this giant fucking snowstorm, and like there was like some strike with the union, so no one was plowing. Mm-hmm. And in Brighton Beach, in no one plowed your roof. No one plowed your roof. No, that's, they didn't, that's, that's they didn't plow the roads. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But, and the roof. The the roof yeah you know, no i doubt problem i doubt they did yeah <laughs> but yeah in those conditions it's literally like living in siberia like uh-huh. it's like it's very strange because no one speaks english like it's like uh, it's it's a very russian vibe mm-hmm. so i got you know i gotta get out of there i moved to a story i find another place i'm living in a garage for like 350 a month mm-hmm. where so uh, you pay you pull all your shit out of a snow caved in place and just go somewhere else. We're in what? Yeah, month, I mean, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't what? snow caved in. It was like fucking the pipes burst. The pipes shit. burst. Waters. Yeah. Waters flowing. Yeah. Okay. But I okay. get all the stuff out of there. I move to this garage, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to feel like weird. I'm there for a week or two, and I'm starting to feel really weird. Like mm-hmm. really, like, like kind of like hopped up. So I find all these. I find this nice paint set in the in the fucking closet. And so I go, I track down the chick who was living there before me to give her her paints back. And she goes, Oh yeah, uh, well, thank you. And you know, you should know this, that there's like an operational meth lab, like literally right above that garage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, thank you for telling me that. All of a sudden I realized like, that's why I'm feeling weird. That's why I'm having trouble. Thank God they're not acrylic. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But that's why I'm having trouble like sleeping and like, you know, like I'm like feeling weird because those fucking fumes seep. Yeah. Yeah. And but are they like, are they, they're not like meth fumes, right? You're just getting kind of like fucking woozy or something. Is that, is I that mean, the deal? I think, I think, I think it's like just straight meth fumes. Meth, I mean, I don't know. But wouldn't I don't know. you just be tweaking as like, like crazy or something? I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling normal. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, a, you're, you're I'm not, not an chemist. expert. You're not, on you're, not, you're not fucking Walt, uh, Walt White <laughs> over no, here. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. Yeah. You know, I'm a spy spire. But uh, so I got to get out of there, right? And so I find a place where this guy, it's another place. It's like $400 a month for a room. And it's uh, fairly close by. He says in two nights, he goes, I can move in. Even though the room is like vacant currently. And I, I go, when I go the first time, he seemed relatively normal. He was wearing like, long sleeves and like seem relatively normal and when i go back for i guess when you're methed out like he seemed normal and when i come back to like i move all my stuff in i sit across from him i'm still smoking cigarettes at the time and i sit down i start to have a cigarette and pretty quickly in the conversation and so he's not wearing long sleeves anymore so you can see the track marks he's wearing he's wearing a wife (laughs) beater Uh and you can see like he's got tattoos and Uh they're not like cool like hip web designer tattoos they're like weird like old world like you either got these like in prison or like paganist or like on a ship satanist i mean yeah i don't know so uh this out (laughs) so he's laughing he keeps telling like these weird bad jokes and then like laughing and slapping his leg really hard and Mm -hmm. when he does that i can see like he's missing like the back teeth as Mm. if it's from like drug use you know matthews I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I was getting an unsettling vibe. Anyway, quickly, he goes, you're not planning to get a lot of sleep tonight, right? 
I was like, well, yeah, I was planning on sleeping. It's like 10 o'clock or something at this mm-hmm. point. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got, I've got something I've got to do. And I'm like, okay, this is like a huge red flag. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I ask him, you know, like what he's talking about. And essentially he starts telling me that like he is part of this religion. It's essentially like there, and I looked it up later, like they're this sect of like Greek Orthodox people that kind of fell away to like the old like pagan traditions, like mm-hmm. these like Satanist things. And he's telling me how he's got to sacrifice a rooster in the other room. And he's sacrificing it to this entity, which comically is like named Derek. Like he said it was named Derek, which was such mm-hmm. a strange name. You know, I, I heard that about seventeen to twenty thousand years ago, Derek was a very popular name. It's just come back into vogue. So Really? I can no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it could be. You know, sometimes there's those weird things. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm emphasizing this dude's absurdity. <laughs> But uh, it was it was so fucking crazy. So anyway, so he tells me there's this rooster in the other room and he starts telling me that I can't see Derek. He can see Derek and he has to sacrifice something. This is like a special equinox. And I looked it up later. It's like once every 16 years. Yeah, it's like a course. special moon thing. And at that point you say, oh, I get it. You can see Derek. I can't see Derek. It's been 16 years, 17 years. Of course, the cicadas are coming out. Yeah, well, I mean, he, so he says he has to do a sacrifice once a month. This is a very special one. And he says the larger the thing he sacrifices to Derek, the better it makes his life. And when I looked it up later, this was the, like the scariest it's part. True. It's true. That there are three, the three things that they can sacrifice are a goat, a rooster, and it said a fucking human. Mm. And I start to re- realize that uh, he's trying to get me into the room to like take part in this. Mm. And it's a small apartment and... I start to realize like roosters are fucking loud. Like if there's a rooster in the other room, I'm going to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I looked out the window and like I could see it was a full moon and I'm like fuck. <laughs> like I'm like I got to get the fuck out of here. And uh Jesus, I remember doing everything I could to just try and get him cuz he's big enough where if he wants to like do something, he can just kind of do something, you know. And so I'm freaked out and I'm trying not to let him know that I'm freaked out. Like, I'm trying to pretend like, no, I'm like, he's like trying to get me to come in there because then, you know, it'll make his life better, blah, 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 blah. And I start going, no, 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 no. Yeah, I got my whole other thing. Mm-hmm. I start like showing him like Bob Dylan songs, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and like as if like, it's just I'm pulling shit out of my ass. You, At one you... point, I'm trying to act so confident that I ask him if I can smoke. At the time, I was smoking pot. I asked him if I could smoke pot. And this was the funniest shit. He goes to me, he goes, uh, uh, he goes, Oh, all right, just blow it out the window. Like, he can sacrifice to an entity in the house, but I can't... Oh, my God, it was so fucking crazy. Hey, blood is, uh, blood is scentless, isn't it? You know? Is oh, it? It's not. I don't know. I'm oh. just saying shit. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm, try, I'm trying to, uh, you know, corroborate this guy. Oh, oh. <laughs> and it, didn't you say... Yeah, last week when you were talking to me, you were like, yeah, I was trying to act like I saw a bear. You are like, oh, okay, so if I see a bear... I just got to act normal. Right? Yeah, that like, was more or less it. how I was like going that, into yeah, it. Like, Because yeah. if you show a bear you're scared, like it's like, I'm like, ah, he's like, ah, and then he fucking kills me, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just <laughs> trying, I'm trying to like act calm and just wait till he goes to the bathroom so I can fucking get out of there. Mm-hmm. He goes to, it's it, oh, anyway, it gets to be about 3, 3.30 in the fucking morning. And I'm still just like, I just can't turn my back on this guy. Like, and he, or he might stab it. Finally, he asked me one more time because he keeps coming back to it and trying to get me to come into the room. And finally, I go, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, it's late. And I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to turn in. 
And he gets up and he looks really angry. He turns around. And as he's turning around, he screams, Derek's going to be screaming tonight. And he's like really fucking pissed. And he goes, and I start to walk, like he's starting to walk towards his room. And I start to walk towards my room and just try and sound like I'm setting up my bed. Are you guys sharing like a common room here? Like, we were like in the does he have room. access to your room? No, 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 no. He no. does not. We have no, like okay. these two rooms in the back. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, just a small apartment with like a living room in the center. And there were like two rooms. Oh, yeah. And he told me that the girl had to be, the girl who was in the room, he used the term, had to be removed. Which, removed. Which when I thought about it later was like a really weird. There was a girl in the room? Not when I was there. Like she was there prior. And she had to be removed. That's all he said. And that which is, I remember that was early on in the conversation. And then just later on, I was like, God, that choice of words. Was that like is not good. kind of fucking eerie. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah. anyway, it was fucked up. So anyway, so he I hear the door close. He goes to the bathroom. I hear the door close. And that's when I finally like actually felt the fear. Like I'd been acting so much that like I had actually staved it off. And I, I swear to God, like it started in my back and just went like down my spine, down just my go, legs. Go, like, my legs need. almost fucking gave out. Mm-hmm. It was like all of a sudden I was just hit by all this fear. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I just balled my fists up and I just said, not me, not today. I grabbed my laptop, I grabbed my bag and I ran towards the door. And now I've never left this door before. And there are like a bunch of different locks on the door. So I'm like doing this Three Stooges routine, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like freaked out at this point. I'm like going down the stairs. It's like this dark hallway. I've got a pen out, and I'm just like whipping around the corner, like I'm so, <laughs> and I'm like still like a little methed out or whatever like, from that. Like I'm so freaked out. I'm like whipping around the corner. Like you're gonna I stab go, someone with a pen, <laughs> and I just start walking as fast as I can, like kind of running and then like turning around. And I kept seeing in my face, like, like as if it's like Friday the 13th. Like I keep like thinking he's like right behind me. He's just going to be there. So I just start texting people. I just moved to this city. I don't really know many people. It's the middle of the night. I just start texting everyone I know, like, hey. And then uh, my old friend from high school was like, okay, come over. He comes to the door. I start to explain it to him. And his reaction was like, man, just, just take my sword. He wanted me to go back with his sword. I was, and like, he's in New. He's in New York. He's in Astoria. He's living in some. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's living in, uh, you know, a room somewhere in Astoria. I would have so, taken it and just like thrown it out the window. I'm like, fuck you, man. I slept on. <laughs> I slept on his cement floor. I wake up. He wakes me up at like six. He's kicking me because he's got to go on a date. I got a date at like six in the morning. So strange. He starts That's telling me. That's a lie. That sounds like a fucking lie. It did lie. sound like a lie. He's, yeah. yeah, he was a douche. Yeah, he told me, uh, he was like, you know what? You should go to a priest. And I'm like, a priest? It's like, I don't believe in Derek. I believe in the fucking psycho that's going to kill me. I'm like, there. And that's the weird thing. I went up to my mom, to my mom's after that. Um, and then I wouldn't get to like where I had to go back and get my shit after this. But I went up to my mom's afterwards mm-hmm. and it was my uh, grandfather's birthday. This was like a couple days later mm-hmm. and we brought him to church and we're walking in. It's just me and my mom. And she starts like grabbing like d- t- double hands full of holy water and whipping it at my face. And there's some woman walking in behind us. And I just turned to her and I go, I really needed it. <laughs> got a pretty big laugh. So now I got to wait. I call these guys from Craigslist the same way I got the shit. I call three guys or the, the guys from Craigslist with the van and I ask, I go, I go, I need two big guys and I try and explain it to them. They're not understanding what I'm saying. 
I'm waiting outside for the van and I try to explain it to them again. They still aren't really getting it. Oh, and when I call the guy on the phone, I go, you know, it was like whatever, it was like 60 bucks, you know, for the van rental mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I explain it to him on the phone. He doesn't seem like he really gets it. He goes, that'll be an extra 20. <laughs> I was like, I thought it'd be at least another 100. Like, you know, there's like a violent... Potentially violent and, kind of psychopath. And at this point, he doesn't know, though, right? Like, he doesn't know the, that Derek is waiting. The uh, the, the, the muscle. The muscle in the, the I mean, I tried to explain to them, like, you, pretty you, much what was going on, that, like, I moved into this place. This he's guy's not crazy. Comprehending. Yeah. I need people. And they're just not. They're, they're just, it's not clicking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They don't have the top brass for $60 yeah. moving your shit uh, in I a guess van you, on Craigslist. That's right. not where... I guess you give him the 20 bucks, and if he doesn't get it, he dies anyway. So do you. So it's, you know, no skin off your ass, right? right? That's it. Right. Yeah, there you go. And so you show up. You show up with the mu with the muscle. I show up with the muscle. And, and where's your, where's your plan to move in again? Your plan your plan is to get the shit out. Get the shit out, and then I'm going to go back, go back to, to the meth first place. Meth lab. Right. Not the meth lab. No, Not I'm the going back lab. to the first place. Oh, before in that. Brighton in Beach. Brighton Beach with the caved-in uh, water pipes. Guy, got it. He told me, he's right. like, I got an even shittier room. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. This is New York, everyone. Um, this is it. Yeah. This yeah. is what you do. You move here. You go from apartment to apartment, and yeah. there is a cataclysmic issue if you pay below $500 a month. And I remember going like, how did Frank Sinatra do this? New York really is hard. Like, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I remember thinking, good God. So anyway, so I call him up and I, you know, because I don't have keys. So I can't just like go in. I've got to get him to open the fucking door. So I call him up and I go, you know, hey, uh, 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 you know, silly Dave. <laughs> I forgot that I left in the middle of the night. Oh, I went, Comedian. Went over, I went over to my buddy's house. Like, it was crazy. And he sounds pissed. And I go, hey, could you just let me in? He comes down. He opens the door. He sees me and these two guys. He closes the fucking door. Mm. And I'm just like, and these guys are just like, that's no good. He's going about? He's and going I'm to like get... fucking freaking out. I see yeah. him go up and I see because it's on the second floor. He's going to get Derek. I see, <laughs> I see him like moving the curtains. Yeah. Oh God. Checking out. I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know if he has a gun. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm so freaked out. These two guys couldn't, couldn't be less concerned. Mm -hmm. They have no, they, they, like, we're on completely different levels. So I call him up again. I go, Hey, and I just try and act confident, even though like, I'm like literally shitting my pants. Um, I go, Hey, I'm not trying to fuck with you. I'm just here to get my shit. And he goes, hold on. And I remember being like, Oh fuck. I'm like, Every second's an hour. Like I'm just feeling my heart in my chest. He comes down. I hear like the door unlock, and then like a minute later, he I hear him go. He goes, "Okay," and I'm just like I again. I got like a pen in my hand. Like I'm opening. Yeah, because I'm like a comedian walking around with a pen and pa paper. That's all. I, that's my weapon, right? It's just like a. Do pen. you have, you have a permit for that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I open the door. I'm like going up the stairs. We don't see him. We get our shit. We get in the van. I hop in the back of the van. These guys are hanging. I'm like banging the van. I'm like, let's go. And finally they go, what was that all about? I explained it to him one He's more like, time. I told you, dude. I told I know, you. It's the strangest you only thing. said 20. Like, come strangest on. Thing. So I say it to him one more time. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, that'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this surreal feeling. I'm just laying on all my shit in the back of this van yeah. as we drive back to Brighton Beach. It was like, you know, it was like the classic hero's journey. Like you battle your way away to battle your way back. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, the amount of endorphins that are probably going at that point, I'm just like, Jesus. And I was so exhausted and I just tossed the mattress down on this like dirty, dilapidated floor and I just didn't even put sheets on it. I just fucking laid down 
and I passed the fuck out. Is the roof still caved in? No, this was because they fucking rented that room out. Technically, like, this was technically a month I'd paid for because I paid for two months that mm -hmm. first time. So that's why he, like, but he, when I left, he just rented that room out. So he just had this, it was like a bigger unit, but it was like even more disgusting. <laughs> mm. And it was the downstairs basement area. And it was just so fucking dirty. But I just, and then I just moved in with this guy in Astoria with night terrors. And that was much better. <laughs> It was an alcoholic with night terrors, and uh, I just remember like this reminds me of home. This is like, did your father have night terrors? He must have. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, he was a he was a screamer. He was a yeah. screamer. Yeah, I remember me and my brother and my sister were watching The Shining a couple of years ago, and we all just had this moment where we go, "Oh, that's him!" Like that's, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. That is fucked up. Yeah, right, right down to like failed writer, alcoholic, angry. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And now he's in where, Massachusetts? What what, what, what city? Uh, Mattapoisett. Mattapoisett. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Brother and sister. Who are they? Who are what, they? What are they? <laughs> My sister works for, I, I don't know if I should like say all, all this stuff. She works, she's a flavor chemist at a, a beverage company. That's great. Wait, do yeah. you, you say you shouldn't say that as if that's I just not don't true or like that's a front for I just something. don't, I don't know if it's true. Uh -huh. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I know that that is true. I just don't know that, you know, like she's not like in entertainment or anything. So I don't know that she wants like people like, you know, I probably shouldn't say my dad's in Mattapoisett. Like I tell these stories about what an asshole he is. And then like, you know, somebody goes like, I'm in Mattapoisett. Let me uh -huh. go fucking kick the, you know, you can look him up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's got a Twitter. Oh my God. And that was the crazy thing when we found out, when we found out his uh, wife died, we checked, one of his social networks said single. And it was like the day. It's like, are you already out there getting poon? That is amazing. How old are you? But anyway, God bless him. He's a good man. Uh <laughs> No. Is he? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not, not to my recollection. And so the next, the next seven years or so were smoother in New York. Uh, but smoother than that, yeah, yeah definitely okay. smoother than that. That's you know, and I, I started doing. Uh, that's where I started. Idiot presents my mm -hmm. YouTube channel, where I started off just doing like sketches, you know, character based stuff. You know, the whole. The whole creed of the channel is that it's high quality, low budget entertainment. Okay. So it's generally like character, you know, I'll do sketches or man on the street stuff. So like character based sketches that just doesn't require any budget. Now I do a lot of like green screen stuff because I have a green screen. I was actually working on a thing today. Kippy the, I got to work on the title. That's not finished. But Kippy the uh, inappropriately depressing child singer. Essentially it's like these like folk, these like kids folk songs that are, uh, you know, he just sings about like how his wife left him and the uh, military industrial complex, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> actually wow. kind of working on that all day. He's ranging from the personal to the to the universal. Yeah, it's all just, just like it's, it's all dark, there. but it's yeah. all like with this like happy kind of kids. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, folk thing. But I do like tons of sketches. So you're still doing that stuff even with the uh, yeah with the show. Yeah. Okay. Pop up pop up interviews is the is the main show that I do. And I put out a video every Thursday. I've done a couple of like this show called the Reddit Review, where I go through Reddit and. Ooh, uh, this sounds great. Oh, thank I you. I love Reddit. Yeah, it's I very fun. I love Reddit. It's very yeah. fun. So I did one. For I the, value anecdotal evidence over empirical evidence every day, <laughs> any day. Any I think day that's, the their, that's their tagline. Yeah. That's right? their tagline, yeah. Tell me how this affected you, and we'll believe that it affected everyone else <laughs> the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, is a, it is a great lesson in groupthink. But, um, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. essentially, I did one that was the best of Reddit 2019. So essentially, like, 
I, you know, it'll be me and then I'll have a couple people sit in on my couch and we'll just kind of troll through specific subreddits and we'll sort by, you know, we did the best of 2018 mm -hmm. where we just did the best of, then we did specific subreddits, you know, like we did roast me was a really fun one. Okay. You know, instant regret. You know, we did with this one I love found paper. And then, uh, you know, just a bunch of different subreddits. We don't do the funny ones. We do, well, well, when we do you the say interesting you're doing, ones and we make When you say you're funny. doing them, what do you, what do you mean? You're, you're, for the people that oh, don't know oh, what that we'll, means. Oh, we'll, like we'll just do doing, like segments. So we segments. do, it's like a long Videos form. or? It's a long form. Yeah. It's yeah. like a video okay. where, oh yeah, sure. New so, posts with videos and then you got the, you know, the thing where people what? are, New like posts? people are commenting on them or how does it work? Oh no. So we just go through the subreddits. We go through the actual content on the subreddits. We'll okay. sort by whatever we're doing, like the best of the year, the best of the month. And we'll go and we'll do like 10, 15 minutes where we go through the best of, you know, the specific I subreddits okay, okay. for about 10, yeah. 15 minutes. So the best uh -huh. of the roast me. And then we go through and then we'll do our roasts on the person and then we'll read what the best roasts were. And we'll go through that, you know, instant karma. We look through the best of uh, those things and we just kind of comment and react to what's going on there. So it's kind of like a long form reaction. Video. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of that, let, let's talk a little bit about... Um, like you have investors and stuff and like, yeah, I've I think an, people, an investor, you know, yeah. you're, yeah. Okay. So you're not a fiction writer whatever, but <laughs> at the same time, how did you come across like business opportunities for this? And, uh, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how that applies to other people out there figuring out what they're going to do with their lives. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, I just have been just dedicated to making content. I just make the, I make the stuff I would want to watch. Pop-up interviews is the exact show that I would want to see, and so I exactly make it. I take what I like about, uh, you know, a talk show, and I take that stuff, and I reject all the stuff that I don't care about. So, like, okay. the pretentiousness, the uh, production value, the, like, having a studio. It's just, it's just an asshole in his living room with a handful of people on his couch and, and um, some whiskey and some coffee. Some whiskey in his, yeah. his box. Uh, yeah, which, uh, yeah, my whiskey and coffee I always have yeah. on the show. I call it the poor man's eight ball. And, uh, you know, you we do. go through yeah. and we try and have authentic uh, uh, conversations with people. And so, you know, I found that people just people, you know, it's the law of attraction. Just people who like that. Oh, sorry. People who like that, like the same things that I like are going to be attracted to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some one of his friends, my investor, one of his friends had stumbled across the show and sent it to him. He called me up, took me out to lunch. We talked. We hit it off. He's a really cool guy. He really loves comedy. And he's just kind of been following me for a couple of years, just like watching what I've been doing. He's been a big fan. We talk every once in a while. I think this is what every writer just kind of dreams of. They go to a reading and there's an agent in the background, like, you know, in the background <laughs> going, oh, wow. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks. This every, is you know, it. You're the voice of our generation. Okay, right, yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you go into any of these pursuits, I think we all have that delusion that you're just going to walk down the street and someone's going to be like, yeah. that girl, it is. you know? It like, is a delusion, isn't it? When people ask about getting into comedy, they're like, they think like somebody just anoints you. Like somebody just walks up and goes, I think you're the guy, you know? Like it's like, no, you have to like do painstaking, like crazy amounts of work. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe you get a shot to get a shot at something that maybe gets you a shot yeah. to get, you know, it's a constant audition. It's a dangling carrot. Yeah. That's it's a dangling it carrot. It and, really you know, is. Yeah. At some point you just realize there's no God. You're never going to be happy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's the key. That's the key to happiness, <laughs> is recognizing, hey, you're not going to be that happy. That's what the Buddhists think, I think, right? 
I think Buddhism and Irishness hey. are so fucking similar, hey. except they think that everyone matters and we think that we all just don't matter. <laughs> I, well, like, you, wait, wait let, let me get this right. You think the Irish people think that no one matters. I think we do, yeah. And the Buddhists think that everyone matters. Yeah, I think, but we have the same outcome is that like I accepting see. the void is uh, the key to Inherent. life. Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. and they're just, I think they have a more positive spin than, mm -hmm. than my people. Have you ever seen The, the Departed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. Matt Damon in that, T says that uh it's a great movie yeah he goes like i like ugh, fuck i'm gonna butcher this but he, t he has this line where he's laying in bed with um his psychiatrist girlfriend that's all also gonna fuck yeah, right. leonardo dicaprio at some point right and he's like yeah we uh we all are i'm irish like you know i'm like i, I need to be happy i like i'm butchering this but like uh -huh. i like i have to like it's like <laughs> i can't function if i'm not happy <laughs> if, if, if i'm happy i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah and then I, that's the the they in that movie they have that Freud line that oh that Irish are the only people that are impervious to uh, psychology. What's going on? We're looking at a YouTube channel. What is I? Are I you guys know looking what, at I don't my know what YouTube I'm channel? looking at. Dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is this? Oh, Explain yeah. this. This Explain. was a YouTube I comment. I'm I got. looking and at I another language make a movie. right now. I want to make. I want to make a thing on this. I think this is from the racism you know is this great. Is. is that from the racism is great sketch? I forget what that's from. There was somebody commented on my uh, on on one of my YouTube videos, and they just wrote faggot. And so this was actually on my birthday last year. Oh, I would have been like, thank you. I, well, I wrote dad, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, that yeah. was, okay, I understand. So my Luddite ass did not understand what that was. Oh, I, was, that like, was I was like, I was like, what is this, a post-titled faggot? Like, what is this? And then, no, it's someone calling you a faggot and you just say dad, Yeah. question mark. I felt like that's right. the best way to disarm I would. Situation. I would have just been like, thank you. Thank you. Right. I, that means I have better taste than you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that's on. I have this one video that the comments section of it. I kind of want to do a video on the comment section itself. It's take. It's this strange organism. I did this tongue in cheek video. Uh, eight reasons. I think it's called Eight Reasons Why Racism Is Great. And I did it a long time ago. And uh -huh. it's this whole, it's all these tongue in cheek, re you know, it's like, it's, if you watch the video, you can't mistake it and think I actually like racism. It's, it's, so, it's, it's irony. So, it's, it's so irony, deeply veiled and, and I, you know, yes, it's like, yeah. uh -huh. it's like, you know, Martin Luther King wouldn't be a great man. He'd just be some guy, <laughs> you know, all the, all this, all That's this good. stuff, That's all this good. stuff. That's good. And it just, you That's could good. not mistake it if you watch the video, <laughs> but people, because, and it's probably partially my own fault. Like I, but I put a lot of the tags were like racism, racist. So probably some people are are watching actual fucking important videos on race getting really worked up and then they just see my title and they react. So, but I've got all these people who are... It's like an Onion article. It's like they don't realize it's an Onion article. You it, know, It's, it's like, kind of like that, but, yeah, yeah. but it's from all sides. I've got... Uh, social justice warriors attacking me without watching the video, uh -huh. taking it at face value. Right, right. And then I've got racists who are mistaking it and thinking it's good and writing about how great I am. I got shared oh my by a chapter of the That's KKK. Horrifying. It's so strange. That is horrifying. And my deepest fear is that somewhere there's a KKK meeting where someone's yeah. going like, you know, as the great Dave Wiswell oh, once God. said, you know, like, uh, and it's- Wiswell kind of sounds like, don't, no. Grand Wiswell? <laughs> yeah, Grand Wiswell. Oh my God, that's awful. The exalted cannot, Wiswell? No. Yeah, it's strange. But anyway, so I've got this strange confluence of like, people attacking me from all sides, people defending me from all sides. And then I've got like, People who agree with me and then people who don't agree with me defending me against people who 
are getting the sketch. I've got like racists defending me and like Do you not feel it's like it's like so strange. I, I I'm not doing it justice. I really want to do a video about this comedy. Yeah, you section. should. You should it's its own organism. It's so strange. Do you not feel like it's kind of and like no, I, I don't mean to say that comedy isn't a high art form because I absolutely think it's the if not one of the highest art forms no but uh at the same time don't you think it's kind of strange that people are getting so worked up on one of the least serious if not the least serious formats that there are on there you know yeah and it's like they're taking this very seriously yeah you know you know know, there's a couple people that is ironic you know ricky gervais had a great thing where he said um people often mistake the subject of a joke for the object of it Okay. So if you make a joke about racism, they're, they leap to the worst possible conclusion. Or the whole like rape joke thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're making a joke about rape, somehow like you don't sympathize with with with, with rape, rape at with all. With rape victims. When there's like so many different angles with which and, you and can that's... tackle any of these. And Jim Norton has a great thing where he talks about how like you would never give that kind of parameter to any other artist. Like you'd never say Edward Norton cannot play that character from American history. X. Yes. Yes. You know, yes, like yes. you, you understand that there's a context for what he's doing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Whereas comedy. And I think it's because people are it's smiling not, it's for not some allowed. reason. Yeah. Um, and, and just like comedy is just not respected. There's never been a comedy that's won best picture. People just, it's very true. Don't respect it. Very and true. so super bad. 2008 should have won. No, I'm not. <laughs> but you know, and it's just it never. You know, like Ace Ventura is a stupid movie. Dumb and Dumber is a stupid oh, movie. Oh, don't say but that. That was the best movie. Oh my of god, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, the the original Pet Detective, is honestly the greatest Jim Carrey movie ever fucking made. And what's most amazing it about so it is good. if you read that movie, you would be like, this is the worst thing ever. And that's how he got the part. He could not get a leading man part to save his life. He only got paid 24, 25 grand for that movie. Exactly. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Because yeah. they brought that to everyone. They brought that to Robin Williams. Robin oh, yeah. Williams said, get that away from me. Everyone was like, this is the Thank worst God, script. Because we no would never would have Jim it. Carrey. Yeah. And Jim Carrey was the only one where he was like, I'll fucking do it and I'll make it great. And he fucking did. He took the worst script ever. And yeah. God bless him. Yeah. I don't care that he's lost his mind. <laughs> that he's like, yeah, hey, that he's not vaccin- and he's not shit. vaccinating his kids. Yeah, and he's so you watch these interviews with him, and you're like, wow, he's gone really off the deep. He's done so much acid, like, yeah. but I don't, I don't care what he could, he could, he could, he could kick me in the face, and I'd be like, that man's a genius, and I love him. But that's an interesting thing because the thing is, I think the reason people take comedy so seriously is because it is such a widely disseminated art form. Mm-hmm. Just like say hip hop, right? Like anything like that, it's going to get more attention because it has more eyeballs or mm-hmm. ears, like you know, so to speak. Yeah, and and it can. Move I the think dial, that's the reason. Which is, you know, which is kind of scary. Like I don't like politicians going on SNL and like showing their personality to get a vote. Like no, 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 that's not what we're voting for you for. Yeah, we're voting for the policy. Like we're right? voting yeah. for your policy. Anything else, I see that as like. Like, wait, so Mark McGuire is not allowed to fucking take performance enhancing drugs, but this guy gets to get his hair ruffled on fucking Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit. That's cheating that matters. That affects policy and everything. True. Like we're voting Still, for him because he's funny. Like Obama is so funny that I forget all the things I don't like that he did. <laughs> I think of standups. Standups are very similar well, to like skateboarders, skateboarders and professional wrestlers and, uh, and prostitutes. You know, it's all about like I'm getting trying, that I'm, down. I am trying to process that. Take right a, now. take getting a skin knee, getting up, getting hurt, and getting up and trying it again. No, comedy, stand up comedy is about so much failure. You have to fail so many times. That's why I can't do it because I can work. because 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 writing is the same in all formats. You have mm-hmm. to fail a lot, right? But stand up comedy, you have to stand up in front of people. Yeah. 
and they you see on their faces your failure you know what i mean and like in in writing it's like it's like i'm gonna take more years to understand how how greatly i failed Uh uh-huh but at least i don't have to see it on your face because it's so traumatizing yeah, you know, and a lot of people think like comedians are like it takes trauma to make a comedian, and I don't think the humor aspect. I don't is. think that's I think the case in any any art form. I think yeah. it's it's what uh, uh, creates the kind of person who can put up with the kind of pain it takes right, right. to get to that end goal. Yes, yes. Um, I think you you know, there's plenty of people who are not fucked up. That I think it's people that understand funny. it. They understand why suffering. Why they want to do this? They understand suffering. That's it. Like, and right, they're okay like, with it. You yeah. have to be okay with suffering. Exactly. You have to be okay with like fucking bombing. You bomb and you go back to your fucking shit apartment. You know, like you're like renting a room from and some you psychopath for three hundred dollars a month, and you're just counting the tiles on the ceiling, and you're thinking about your fucking. You know, my dad was right to leave, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, you know, like, I mean, it takes a specific kind of person. And so that's very interesting. I think you could work things out like in any art form, but I don't know. I I, I don't think a lot of people think you have to be traumatized to be a comedian. Well, how do you think it played a role in your specific trajectory? Because you've you've gone through significant trauma. You, You know, you you've dealt with alcoholism vicariously your siblings have you've dealt with divorce you know all that stuff and that shit is like you know i've never been through that mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't right so how do you separate from that from the fact that you did become a comedian you do feel like that you know dealing with that does it is it is a uh, you know a necessary you know activation energy into into be, in becoming a comedian you know i mean there are a lot of theories on it right like some people a lot of people say that comedian the two things that really help create a comedian are a a really like you want to like warm up your mother you want to help your mother uh not feel so sad or like having like a withholding father and i think both of those were really motivating factors for me i mean there's just like a lot a need for attention and a need for love i think that's definitely obviously a huge component you know like you know like mirror neurons you know what that is no that's where it's like a visual thing where what you see refracts back on how you feel about yourself. So if you see like a baby or a cute puppy, it makes you feel very sweet. Or that's how pornography works. You know, you're like, you're thinking that's happening to you. And that's, so that's all mirror neurons working. And so I think in that way, it can kind of act like a, uh, an antidepressant. If you're seeing all these people smile and laugh, that's reflecting back on you. And that's helping, you know, so in that way, I think it's like an antidepressant in hmm. that way. And yeah. then it's an achievable goal. I'm obsessed with like joke writing too. So there's like a mathematical element. Like I also like write songs. I love writing songs too. Funny songs. You I mean, love. You mean like uh, also serious songs? Just ri- okay. Yeah. Okay. I got a fucking couple albums worth of songs that I'll never put out anywhere. I just love. I love making things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's like the achievement of the goal, and I find songwriting equally to comedy helps me kind of understand myself, and it's a bit more introspective in that way. Whereas I think a lot of times with comedy, I'm trying to understand the world outside with songwriting. I'm kind of understanding the world within and the vacancy there. Well, let me, let me put it to you for a second. Yeah. Like, because no, I, I mean, I do the same thing a lot. I, I think about writing and I'm like, well, what are universally, why do people get into writing? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, any, any of those art forms, but for you specifically, mm-hmm. can you think you know, I mean, you joke about how you were five years old. You knew you wanted to be a comedian because no, I, mean, I knew I was, true, you know, though. whatever. That is true. I but having that thought. In the but car. at the same time, like, you know, what, how do you, how do you feel like your specific experience 
played into like I I have an actual pain or a trauma mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, you know, because I do think trauma is thrown around a lot these yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. because he, being a human does entail having trauma, and a lot of people have gone through it. And absolutely, and someone someone who's you don't have it, you create someone who's own. been I mean, we just we need it. Yeah, someone someone who's been you know you know has experienced something on the street will say that, and then like other people that have been to I you know Iraq will mm-hmm. say like you know and those sure. are very different things, but like at at the, the same time I Iraq, I, I do I do <laughs> they they you know what. Good point. <laughs> Goddamn good point. Anyway, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to differentiate mm-hmm. them. What I'm, it's the opposite. What I'm trying uh-huh. to say is like, what did you specifically go through? Can you recall how that has influenced you like to this point? You know, like, what do you, what do you think when I'm making a joke? Is mm-hmm. there any connection to, holy shit, like my life has actually been very hard and I'm trying to transfigure this in a certain way, you know? I know this is a difficult question. I mean, I mean if I was put on the spot, this would be very difficult I'm not too, big on, I'm not big on self-pity, you know? I, I'm, not, I'm not big on, like, trying to create some sort of narrative where I've lived. You know, I tell these stories because I think it's funny. You know, I think everyone suffers all the time. I think a lot of people have suffered way worse than me, and I think they've handled it better. I do my best to, you know, I'm driven by, I love comedy. I love making people laugh. I love making things. I love sharing that with the world. I love pop-up interviews is like, help me tap into this other part of me who's like very curious about people. And it allows me to like tell stories of these, you know, these people that are dying to like have their stories told. I think in a weird way, like I found what these people were looking for. Is that what you, so, so let me give you an example. Those dudes who were uh, I saw one I saw one episode and and uh, fuck I don't know I forget which country they were from. It was definitely like an old like Soviet bloc country, country you know like I oh yeah 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 you know what I'm sure. talking about. That was when we were first working out the the new look. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying like you know you 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 publish that mm-hmm. interview and yeah. you I'm sure you decide like some of them you don't publish right mm-hmm. is that sure. not true? Okay. I had these I had this one chick that asked me not to publish hers. She worked at a morgue. And she told me about how they prank each other with the bodies. They like weekend at Bernie's each other. Oh my god! And she and I didn't realize I should have just blurred her face out because it was one of the best interviews. And I and I and I deleted the Can't fucking you? interview. Oh! And I should have just blurred her face out. That was early on. It was one of the best fucking ones. Yeah. She admitted all this shit about like Halloween. Some guy comes down and there's a fucking the body wearing their out. skin. Oh my and god! And she was like, "Oh my god!" And then she just found me on Facebook and was like, "Hey, please um, don't. <laughs> will you not put that out?" I'm like, "Why the fuck did you waste so 20 she was minutes American. of my shoot?" Like, she was American. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason they'd. Fuck and me I was, fuck, I was fucking pissed. And I should have just blurred her face out, which I've done since. Like with people, you know, like there was a recent one where it's like sometimes it's just like sometimes it it gets into something darker like that. Sometimes it's just childish. I try and find what the interview can be. So we did one with these high school girls who I asked them who the worst person they ever knew was Mm -hmm. and they said it was their friend that ditched them for this other girl and so i go let's call her and so we call her on the air and we i haven't seen this one Oh my god. It's one of the recent ones. And it's it's fun. It's a fun interview where all of a sudden And she and, 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 and she's like, still on chat roulette. Like you're like you're she's like we're you're on, call, yeah, we're on a, You're calling her yeah. and she's like still on. Is so, that what's going on? So they called her. They they, they called and her. And they're yeah, on the yeah. video screen and we're confronting her. We're like, why what's you know 
what the hell? Why did you, you know, and it was just a very fun. So we try and, you know, there was one person who didn't speak English. Uh-huh. They were, uh, they were uh, uh, from Mexico, I think. Uh-huh. And she didn't speak any English at all. So I just went into the audience. I was like, does anybody speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. And somebody had brought somebody. His girlfriend spoke Spanish. Beautiful. So I had her come sit and, and I crouched next to her. And we just did the interview that way where she interpreted for me. So it's all about just like finding what the interview can be. Mm-hmm. And those Eastern Bloc guys, that's one that I'm actually, it's not by far the best episode, but I'm really proud of it because everything went wrong. And I still made it. No. And honestly, the tech no. went wrong. They couldn't see me. You're they absolutely were right. Like, they were like trying to like tell their own jokes and nothing kills the interview. Super more. latency. There was a lot of latency yeah, issues yeah, yeah. and stuff. And no, I know what you mean. But like, nothing kills the interview more than them trying to be funny. Because like if I ask you a question and then you have a shitty joke about it. Not only like now there's a shitty joke in the show, but also like I can't then the whole format is like I ask you a question. You tell me something about yourself. We learn something about you. And my whole theory in the show is every 10 seconds, I want to either get a laugh or we learn to love, hate, or otherwise understand this person. Right. Because right. like I got, in a, I got in a huge debate. One of the most popular episodes is me getting a debate with this old Marine who is like all racist. He's this dude who is like, starts talking shit about people from other countries. It's purely serious. Like, are you, is there any comedy? I have not seen this one. Oh, it, I mean, it gets fun. I mean, I make it I funny, wish I but like, I go at him at some oh, point. Oh shit, I should have like, watched this I try and one. understand him. And then, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the more popular ones. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, racist marine versus host, and that was back when it was called chat related interview show. That's with the old setup. Oh, I gotta see this one. And you know what? Honestly, this is <laughs> Rosetta. Yes, you should be upset with the racist. Good job. <laughs> but um, we've talked to people about their this guy about his DEA bus. We've talked to more than one ex-con. This guy talked about getting tricked into going to prison by his girlfriend, and then immediately so that they so that he could have his clean. Thing with the law, and that when he got out, they could be the <laughs> oh, sorry. Rosetta. No, you're <laughs> I tried fine. To Rosetta, pet the dog and she... down. You know what? You know, you brought up a really good point because uh, I have noticed that a lot of people that get out of the army or the navy or the or the marines, you know, what have you, and they come back and like they deserve to feel like they've done something that we haven't done in a certain mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. because of where we are as a society, maybe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of what I hear is. How could you be so possibly outraged? I heard on a uh, uh, Joe Rogan there was like an ex marine or or something like mm-hmm. a like an ex vet of some sort, yeah. saying like, "Oh my god!" Like you're sitting at like a you're in line at a Starbucks and you're tweeting and you're complaining about something, uh-huh. and it's like I don't understand why people think that just because they did something, like say fighting for a country, mm-hmm. which will be viewed as primitive in a couple centuries, like if not sooner. Right. And they can't understand. They like, it just seems like so many people are unwilling to take the time to say, I understand this side that you're coming from. Like Mm -hmm. just because you went and fought for something doesn't mean that what you're fighting for isn't more oppression on the other side. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I, I still don't understand that. I, yeah, I, mo- I don't get it. And like, I'm, I really need to see this, uh, this interview you did you because the most I've gotten a lot of Marines who've reached out or commented in the comments or on the Reddit posts. Cause that, that, that did really well on instant karma on Reddit. Uh, I've had a lot of Marines reach out and say, he does not fucking speak for us. You know, like this is not, this is not a typical Marine. Marine attitude. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Marines I'm sure, I'm sure. tend to have more I'm honor sure. than that. And especially if you're going to go and sacrifice yourself like that. 
I don't think most of those people that go do that are going to have that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And that's why I don't hold it. Like, I don't, I don't generalize that to like, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, oh, like, you know, army people, Marine, you know, skinheads, like, you know, they're like, you know, whatever, like, you know, they're pro, like pro America to the point where they have certain opinions, right. like, you know, and I, I really don't believe that. I, I totally agree with you. It, it's very there's dis- assholes everywhere. You know? Yeah. There you are assholes have, everywhere. There's assholes right? everywhere. And you know, that's the thing is like, they speak for the group. The assholes are the loudest ones. Because they're angry. And they speak for every group. Yeah. So, you know, so people end up thinking, you know, like that's how stereotypes, you know, it's not like every fucking, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the loudest person in the group speaks for the whole group and then they take the fucking pool. So then, you know, you hear a fucking Marine do something like that. And that's why I love when those guys will come into the comments and be like, hey, this doesn't speak for us. Uh, yeah, right. It's right, because right, right. usually good people don't shut their mouths. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Assholes are loud, you know. Uh-huh. And so that's why it's important for. Because good people are humble. That's what they have yeah, humility. Exactly. They understand. They understand what their voice means. They understand that it's like, oh, I'm just one person out of seven or eight billion people in this in this world, right. you know. What was the response to that episode? Um, like you know, I mean, not just in the comments and stuff. I mean, literally, when you get when you get done and you have this little audience. By the way, you do shoot in Harlem. I don't think we, I don't think we mentioned that. We got a oh yeah 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 I shoot in my that. apartment. I have an apartment studio. Yeah. I, I don't know if we did that. It's the the studios in my apartment. Yeah, and you we offered- recently got the investor, and so we've upgraded everything. The quality is much better. It's around like episode like I don't know like seventy six. There's a huge, we go through a couple of phases of what the show looks like. And now we've done all this uh, new logo stuff. And we're going back to the designer to figure out thumbnails because that's going to help us move forward a lot. In what what sense? Well, so I realized this recently is like my click-through rate, my, uh, they call it an uh, impressions click-through rate is not as high as I would like it to be, right? Now we're getting into the 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 serious just algorithm. Yeah, we we and I'll just I'll just Dystopian, I'll just do the understandable yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. part, right? And I realized that my <laughs> No, 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 no. I I'm I'm completely down to get into the it. The most you know? interesting part of the show is the concept of the show. And uh, I realized my thumbnails aren't selling what the concept of the show is. Once you click on it, you know what's happening. You understand it immediately. Even people that don't know like there was this producer that I've been uh, has been trying to help me sell this other show that I've been working on that I tried to pitch him the show. He didn't understand it because he didn't know what Chat Roulette or Omegle was. And then he saw it on Instagram and he goes, why didn't you fucking tell me about this? And I go, I, I did tell you about this. I tried to. And he goes, I don't know what fucking Omegle is. <laughs> I don't either. And I'm then, not going to lie. But as soon as you watch it, he goes, I didn't know what that was. But as soon as I start watching it, I know what it is. So I'm trying to get that whole, the dynamic of the room, that I've got a little live audience, that I'm springing this talk show and unsuspecting people. So what, what did they say after that interview? randomized video chat sites. With the, with, the, with the Marine, what did they say after, after the that? audience? Like, oh, we had were, fun back and forth. Because, I mean, the funnest, the funnest part was he said, uh, at one point, he just like, he was trying to insult me. But but he was trying to be like kind of PC about it. And he's trying to like act like he was the hero. So he said like, listen, he goes, throw your dick and all that. Cause I was like, you know, he started dropping in bombs and that's oh, when I start geez. going, ah, fuck you. you know? Did you publish this? Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. And, and did oh, you, yeah. did you have to bleep out those end bombs? No. Like, what did you guys do? You no, guys just I kept left it. In. I left them in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what he fucking said. That's interesting. That's an, I don't have a, I don't have like a, it's YouTube, baby. an objective opinion on that. Like I have no idea. I think I think you know exposing that kind of thing is kind of important. And in the a point way, of the episode you know? is me going like, nah, because that's like I try and give people, I'll let people take a jab or two at me, mm-hmm. 
And then, like, at some point, I'm like, dude, like, I'm a joke writer. Like, you're just not going to win this fucking battle, you know? <laughs> and then so I just start going at him. And that's, and that's, an, that's, saying, an, important, you know, that's an important point that you just brought up there. Hmm. There's a level of uh, gravitas that people bring to their lives. And it's like, that's the whole problem. Like, you, are, you believe this thing so much, so much, that you need to impart it. And hmm. it's like... The perspective is just so much broader than that, you know? Yeah, it's hard for people to see through their self-obsession. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's you know, amazing. We're, we're, the, we're all the heroes of our own stories, you know? Yeah. Because we're the narrators, you know? Like, so and even those, and those my dad. And those narratives are false. It's, that, it's, like, it's, you know? it's our fault that my dad fucking left. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how he sees it. Like, it's our fault that he split to another state and that he stopped has he Has he told you this? Like, I mean, that's like, yeah, that's kind of his... My God. That's kind of his thing. You know, he's and like... And so a, how did that play into your comedy career? Like, you know, that, that, that's what I'm curious I mean, I did, about. I used to do know? bits about my dad, um, you know, back in the day. And you stopped or what? No, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do bits... About, I did a bit about a lot of things, you know? I did a bits about being growing up Catholic and all kinds of shit. You know, you just do bits for a while and then... You know, you stop doing them. But there was one point where I'd, I'd do a lot of bits about it. Let's talk about where, you, like, where you're at with your show and what you want to do in the future. And tell us, like, not not just that. Here, let's start with this. Mm-hmm. Well, you, here's one thing I want to talk about. Yeah, this is go. a fun. This let's is a fun it. thing let's that do I do. It. It's um, so uh, for different subscribe. Once I hit certain thresholds of subscribers, I do these videos where I do I perform punishments where I I, I perform punishments and thank. Random subscribers. What the hell are punishments? Punishments, just random shit I come up with. I come up with these different things. I did what, 1,000. I did one that was the Wheel of Punishments where we just spun a wheel I and I had it. to either get slapped in the face with whipped cream. I'm extremely ticklish. I saw a roast. So I got tickled for, that was, that was the that one was, 5,000. That was one of the punishments? Next, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah that okay. was after the Wheel of Punishments. So I did the Wheel of Punishments where I did all this shit, all this awful stuff I had to do. I got fucking spanked by this thing. And for every punishment, I thanked uh, 10 random subscribers. So it's a way to thank the subscribers. It's like, what do you call that when you sacrifice a virgin? It's like a tribute to my subscribers to thank them. For <laughs> That's one way to put it. The Incas would put it another way. You put some moonflower in. You know, I don't want to get into it. But That's you know, from the, my next one is all it's all about moonflower. Yeah. No. Uh, and then yeah. And then uh, that was a, a little bit more fun one. I did that at about I think it was two thousand. I did that one where I let the internet roast me. I had a little audience, just like I do pop up interviews. I had a little audience sit in, and we did. Uh, you know, uh, uh, on Reddit, there's a subreddit called Roast Me. You put a picture up of yourself and you tell a few things. So I armed them to the teeth. I said, "My dad left at ten. I wet the bed until I was twelve. Um, wow. uh, I cuddled with a dude while I was on Molly. You know, I just gave them every fucking thing they could." And they fucking let me have it. And I had a comedian friend of mine read out the roast. I also let my Instagram followers. Uh, and that's a great play. If you guys want to get on the show, uh, follow my Instagram, oh. at David Wiswell. I always post about when I'm going on the show. We still have, we've had people try and get on, but no one yet has gotten on the show. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I not only want to, I will. And if you put a document in front of me. I will sign it, and I will be there on the date that you put in ink my ultimate, that I signed. My ultimate hopes is I want to get somebody on who's close because I, I like those. Like, yeah, I we're call close them geographically. Like, like no, no, I'm no. close, but I mean, I, I want somebody <laughs> who authentically gets on the show, right? Like, just mm-hmm. like gets nexted and is there. We find out they're close, and we will come over. 
And then I want to hear the buzzer during one of the interviews. Oh. I'd be like, dude, that's fucking Mike. All right. And then Mike comes in and have him sit in. That's why I want that so badly. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, can that happen organically? Slash, if it can't, can I just do the thing that you're talking about right now? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll because I'm not going to lie. Since I met you last week, I was like, dude, I got I to gotta be involved on this. Well, because this is like, I, I grew up as an imp. Like, all I want to do is fuck with things and people <laughs> and just, like... Well, you guys should come the, over. All you guys should shit. come over like, and sit on the couch. Yeah, we got to do that. And I want to be a part of this, like, so badly. You don't awesome. understand how badly I want to be a part well, of this. Well, I know? appreciate that. And that, that's, that's one thing. So badly, That's I, why I put so much effort in this is because I lose faith in ideas. I am so self-loathing. I lose faith. But people get really galvanized about this idea. They love it. And so that's what keeps me excited about it. I've done over 100 episodes. Oh, yeah. And so just one more thing about the punishment thing. The ultimate goal is at 1 million, and I swear on... Uh, I swear on my life. I swear on everything. This is you'll get a tattoo ultimate goal. If you welch on it. No, no, no. I, I, I will get. You will. I will be hit in the face with a be. penis, and I will thank one lucky subscriber. That's what we're working towards. That's not that bad. Million. That's not enough. Pretty bad, dude. That's not enough. No, this is no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to say like the punishment needs to be worse. It needs to be worse. I will work on it. Continue. I will work on it. A million. Oh, see, right. people usually are very excited about that one. No, that's not enough. That's not enough. I'll take that any day. I'll. I'll take that any day. I'll take that any day. Come on. All right. Well, anyway, at, at, shit. Uh, the next the next goal is at five thousand. We're a little over a thousand away from hitting that goal. When we hit five thousand, I'm going to write a song where the lyrics are uh, no, on on guitar. All the lyrics are going to be a string of subscribers' names that I'm thanking, and I'm going to eat uh, one of the, like those you know the world's Peony. hottest peppers. Like, a Jamaican like the pepper, re- like the uh, Reaper or the Ghost Pepper or something. The Ghost Pepper, and then Carolina, the Carolina Reaper. Reaper. I'm gonna eat that, okay. and then so I'll do the song once through, and then I'll do it again, and then it's You're me a piece trying of shit. to. You will not be able to do that. Get out of here. That's the fucking point of the punishment. Get out of so here. So fucking Katie, subscribe. Our producers are subscribe. I know she's she really <laughs> is. It's really the Scoville. The Scoville scale just got extended by like three times. Right <laughs> but get on, subscribe, and we'll get there. And so this is one other one that I want to do at some point. I don't, actually, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. But this one, I'm not sure if it's really funny or if it's like psychotic. But the idea is that I'm going to call my dad, who I haven't talked to in, I, I can't even remember. It's, uh, right. I haven't seen him. I have not seen my father in like over 15 years. Like since yeah. since he got and married. honestly we need to have you back because I want to talk a bit more about that yeah I'd I thought that to. was I thought that was very interesting and I know that's a more touchy sensitive subject no, but no, we, we need to it. talk about that more because but, because you know I will say just my little spiel is that I I am very into the uh, I I'm very into the addictions I'm very into like that whole psychology aspect mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. you know, I won't get into it too much right now, but I think I think we should get into that another but time. But yeah, so I want to call my dad. Yeah. I want to call my dad and authentically tell him how he hurt me, like really vulnerably. Yeah. And then I'll have a little timer. Yeah. So every like 20 seconds, I thank a subscriber. So it's like, I'll like, just what, like, just you know, like, I just lived in a state of like complete fear, dad, you know, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I just never really felt loved. And I'm just kind of coming to terms with that now. Uh, thank you, BarfyMan45. Uh, and my dad's like, what? <laughs> And then I, but I, the whole gag is that I have to be as vulnerable and authentic and honest with him, and I can't ever tell but him what's happening. But do you think you can pull that off? We'll see. That is. We'll that see. Is, I mean, it, it will be the hardest thing. It'll be the hardest video I've ever done. But I'm thinking about doing that when people kind of seem to like that idea. And I, I mean, it just scares me. Like I almost, it almost scares me as much as that fucking Satanist guy. 
Uh, like no I, way. I literally am like afraid just thinking about it. No way. Because the thing is, you're it's just on the phone scary, call. Dude. I don't see being your... that vulnerable. Do you know how hard it is to be that vulnerable, dude? Well, it's fucking hard. Yeah, but if if you if you're thanking your fans, I just don't know if your dad is gonna stay on the phone past like one or two fans. I mean, and how good is that video to see the heartbreak in my eyes that my dad won't sit through it? That's almost voyeurism. That's I know. Well, that's why. That's why I'm not sure you know? if it's funny or if it's like psychotic. Yeah. And it's I think, definitely doesn't both. that make a good video that I'm yeah, not even even true. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good idea or not. I just know it scares me. Okay. Okay. Our producers are saying we've had enough. I could fucking sit here and talk for like three hours. This well, is we, should, uh, should, we should. We uh, should. We should do this again. We this will definitely do this again. We'll this is definitely. A lot of fun. Use, but but more than that, I want to be on your show. I want to be involved. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what I'm all about. Why are you shaking your head, producers? Producers, don't put your hands up defensively, defensively, my wine. What about my wine? <laughs> wow. I'm getting, I'm getting chastised for my drinking habits right now. This, uh, this episode's been brought to you by LaVille Firm oh, you Rose. Don't wanna, you don't want to say that because we haven't been paid by them, oh. A. And B, this shit. This shit is like swill, dude. It's from France. My girl's in France right now. It's uh, it's been brought to you by uh, bleep 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 rose bleep, bleep. bleep 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 bleep. That's all, folks. All right, I'll do a closer. But this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. I want to. I want to do this again. I, I feel like. I feel like there's just so much to talk about with you right here. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's I'm great. close by. This, this was nice. No, but we got actually walked over. Okay, I'm gonna do this closer. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like I what you paid. heard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just had to ruin your thing. Sorry. Oh my goodness. No, no, here, here, here. To you. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking a drink right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and review on whichever platform you're listening. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Animal Riot Press or Facebook and Instagram at the same name or through our website, AnimalRiotPress.com. This has been the 14th episode of the Animal Riot Podcast with your host, Brian Birnbaum, and featuring Dave Wiswell. Transcripts for our deaf and hard of hearing animals are provided by Jonathan Kay, and we are produced by me, Katie Rainey. See you later, you filthy animals. Getting gully as the fern. How no much of belly.